uh, this morning, we are so excited uh, because you're going to get to hear from a friend of mine, Pastor Bagimba Gobo, Agabo, excuse me. He is uh, the pastor who is uh, over Goshen Ministries, and he is someone who has grown to be a dear friend of mine over the last number of years. So I'm going to ask that you give a big grace welcome to Pastor Bagemba. I want to share my time with my wife. I'm going to give her one and a half minutes. <laughs> she want to bless you. Guess she want to bless you with a song. Nothing she can offer to God or to praise Him for you and this church. Just the song. Thank you. I'm going to sing this song. It's in English, but it's also in Swahili. I'll sing it with him. so good. I started with scripture in the beginning of our first service, but now let me just give you some updates before we read the scripture. My name is Begin Mangabo. I was born in Congo, Africa, central east of, of Africa. If you want to go to Africa, real Africa is the Congo, Burundi, Tanzania area. Yes, if you go to South Africa, it's not Africa. No, so. <laughs> Uganda is fine. And uh, came here 11 years ago as a refugee from the Congo. I was a refugee in Burundi. We fled the, co- the Congo because of the civil war of the dictator, the president, Mobutu. He was in power of the, over 30 years. And uh, we found ourselves in refugee camp in, in Burundi. 
we thought we were going to be fine and uh, enjoy life, but it didn't happen the way we planned. The killers crossed the border from the Congo because Burundi is just a neighbor country of, of the Congo. They crossed the border and killed 200 people in about two hours. And um, parents, uh, kids, uh, women, and so it was very, very tough and challenging situation. I remember my, one of the pastors, they asked him to pray. They thought he was the strongest uh, guy in faith. He prayed instead of praying. He was uh, complaining to God. He said, God, are you really God? Uh, why did you allow this situation to, to happen in, in this uh, community? So it was very tough. Uh, I grew up as a, a Christian. At the time, I was very young, and... Uh, I was praying to God, asking him more questions about the real situation. So that way, God really called me into the ministry to begin caring for the uh, kids, the orphans, and uh, just help out and uh, speak out to, for them in behalf of them. So we continue the call until... Yeah, a few years later, we, my family, my brothers, we were accepted to come to the U.S. as refugees, and we find ourselves in, uh, in Tucson. So we didn't pick to come to Tucson, but ref, um, the U.N. and the U.S. government chose the Tucson for us. Praise God. We find out this was... Let me give you this true story. Refugees, they never lived in this kind of weather. The first service, they didn't get this... Uh, you are so lucky. So, <laughs> my friend Emma, he knew a little bit of English, and his family depended on him to tell him what was next. As soon as they came out from Tucson Airport, so it was, I think, June, July-ish, so it was very, very hot, and he didn't know anything about that kind of weather, but he didn't want to show that he doesn't know anything. So, he wanted to trick them. He said, you don't know America, they are so high in technology, and they have a machine just to warm the, uh, the, 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 the sky. Yeah, you, can you tell? It? Because they came in a plane with the, you know, AC was cold and from New York. So as soon as they entered to Arizona, Emma told his brothers, now the America is so high in technology, they just put the machine to warm us up. So as soon as they woke up, that heat from Tucson, Arizona. So, we started caring for the orphans back in, uh, in Burundi. We had about eight kids, and we came to Tucson 11 years ago. Find myself again planting another new church for refugees in Tucson. We are Craycraft and Broadway, mostly speak Swahili and Kirundi, and uh, we've been doing that for a while. I start going back and forth, taking tri uh, t trips at least three to four times a year, Praise God, I was not married at the time. Now I have my wife. I can take maybe one or twice a year. So we moved from eight kids to, I don't know how many, 61 kids. And we have a plan at least to have eight kids every year. So it's, it's very, very amazing way how God is helping out and using the Tucson 
people and some churches to support these little ones. So to make story short, I've been doing this for a while. Then uh, the kids who grew up here uh, went to the high school, the middle school, and the university now from refugee communities. They uh, tend to leave the churches. So we have some small congregations for refugees in town. So they are just in the middle of the Norway. So they are not going to some American churches and are not going to the refugee churches because they have a different, they have somewhere a middle culture. So when I was praying, God really spoke to my heart to begin a multi-culture church. Uh, we don't have time to talk about that. We have a table on the back there. We may talk with you and answer some questions about this particular church. Praise God today. I want to announce that we are beginning this new church next Sunday, July the 30th at 10 a.m. Speedway and Swan. We're renting a building now, 24/7. We're going to have some time there. The challenge in Africa, the short service is about three hours. So, but trust me, this new church we have at least 90 minutes service. So one one hour and a half. But we may have some other services and some classes during the week for refugees. The refugees here, they are facing some tough time. As all of you know, the, um, refuge, the U.S. government, they only provide for the housing maybe three to four months, mostly you know, at least six months. And after that, they're expecting those families to have a job and stand in their own feet. Uh, it is very challenging. They don't provide, you know, toiletries and shop, uh, soap and shampoo. So this is not going to just be a church, but it's going to be a, multi, uh, a community center, which is going to be uh, bringing many programs and some skill, life skills. I have a, my mother-in-law, she's here now. She came as an asylum seeker. She's not here, the mother of my wife. She's 50 She's working with the hotel, Double Tree Hotel in Tucson. It was the first job in her life. So they don't have any job skills. They don't have any, any life skills at all. So they've been in refugee camp for many, many, many years. So this community center is going to provide many, many skills. Uh, we need your help. If, you want, if you're interested about learning about this new church, please see us after, after service. So I want to announce the uh, highlight some good stuff that this church has been uh, supporting this ministry for many years. Last trip, we, I was with uh, Scott, Stacy, and uh, Steve Funk. It was amazing. These guys, I want you to clap for them. Rejoice. <laughs> to be honest with you, I took many trips since 2009. But this trip was amazing to me. It blessed my heart because it was a really intimacy kind of trip to take time seriously and speak with uh, the house parents and value them and listen to them. They even report to us still now how this team from this church blessed their heart. So the kids the same. Not only the kids, but the community as well. They hosted the business class, uh, business uh, um, conference, we were thinking about maybe 20, 30, 120 show up. We didn't send an invitation out, just a word of mouth. Out of this conference, many questions they were asking, 
This church got a burden to begin a microfinance, microloan program to support the community to survive. They don't have healthcare like here. They don't have any support. They don't have state programs to support them. So they have to really struggle to strive to survive. So thank God for this church. Not only that, they were able to provide some money to buy TVs for the kids. I have some pictures there. The shoes, the growing shoes, it was a miracle to them to see a growing shoes. You can adjust your feet. And uh, also the, uh, the, the fridge. Uh, they have a red one there. It's a miracle. It's an amazing thing. Thank you so much, this church, for your kindness. And even now, they're still supporting the ministry in a regular basis. So God bless you so much. Let me welcome my brother, friend, Steve Vang, to read a scripture for us. I'm going to be very short, I promise. It's not going to be three hours. And uh, we go from there. Thank you. No, he'll probably only be an hour, and that's in African time, which is about <laughs> four hours. All right, reading from Matthew 25. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you had not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And uh, let's clap for him. That's nice of you. Two things I forgot. I'm sorry about that. This church, when we're talking about this new vision, they just donated a sound system for our church. God bless you so much. We had about 6,500 budget. Other churches I planted, I didn't need to worry about the budget, but now we have a budget. So God bless you. And uh, 
I don't have enough time to go sentence by sentence, but I took a few things I want to leave with you this morning about this uh, particular uh, passages we read. The big idea this uh, to think about, uh, you need to realize that God called us to be good stewards. Number one, everything we have, all the gifts and talents, resources, time, and, and all we possess is not for us. I think God entrusts us with that. This man in a journey, let's just move our mind from the man to God. God entrusts us with all we have, our time, our health, our uh, resources, not just for us to keep, but to really contribute to his kingdom. I was telling people, uh, the church earlier uh, in Africa, not here, they think when God, uh, Jesus in, at the cross, when he said that it is finished, they think that everything is finished, we need just to sit and enjoy what Jesus has done, which has some truth about that. But I believe that Jesus finished his work, but he left us with the responsibilities, or he left us with, with a, a job to do. If you remember Matthew chapter 28, 19 to 20, Jesus clearly told the disciples was kind of goodbye. He said, guys, goodbye, but I leave this with you. Don't sit. Don't warm the chairs. Go all over the world, not just the city of Tucson. Praise God. When I came to Tucson, I want to mention our sweet uh, lady there, Barbara Rosso. She's back there. She helped to start the Goshen Ministries and help the kids. If you can wave, please, Barbara. You know, she's a little bit younger than me, but 2009, trust me, it was her her first time to fly to Africa. No, not just to Africa, to be in a plane, 2009, Barbara. So after God really spoke to her heart, she was attending Faith Community Church, Tucson, Orange Grove, and I think La Choya there. The pastor Bruce said, don't come to church and sit and go home. Ask God what I have called you to do. She heard the voice. The next day we met, talked about the kids, the mission, the first time to be in a plane. Praise God. So God called us not to sit but to go all over the world. We have a responsibility. Number two, many people, they compare God gave us what we can handle our job is to be faithful with that he entrusted it with. Many people, they compare gifts. I remember when I, the time I, I was saved, I was so jealous to see the people speaking in tongue, and at the time I didn't. And I said, God, am I really saved? I don't speak in tongue, or I don't do la ba 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 What is happening? So God gave us different gifts and talents. We don't need to be the same. I always take my stuff in Africa that if everybody will be like Begimbas, can you imagine this room to be Begimba? It was going to be a problem because we will go, go, go without even shelter or food, without worrying about what is next. So, but he bring my wife in my, in my life so she can maybe question or, you know, 
take some time to pray and plan. So, different, time, uh, different talents and the gifts. We cannot all be the pastors. If we are all the pastors, nobody who can be a, worship, a worshiper or um, a musician. Or, so God is so smart, smarter than us, of course. He gives each one of us according to what they can handle and what they can use for his kingdom. We cannot all be the engineers. I love and admire engineers. I don't, I'm not a number person. If you ask about, I know one plus one is two, but there's some people, they pay really close details, attention. Steve Bank is one of them. He always, you know, put me in trouble. So finding all the mistakes in numbers, we cannot all be gifted in that way, but I have another sweet spot I can save and, and encourage and, and equip and, you know, raise up some leaders. So, what you have is what God gave you, and he, he entrusts you with that, knowing that you may use that wisely to benefit his kingdom. Number three, when I was reading closely, I learned that a day of accountability is coming. It may come anytime where we will all stand and give report and account of what we have done, how we used our ability, our resources, our time, our talents, our gifts. One day will happen. And in Romans, Paul said, 14, 12, each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Number four, what we do with what we have revealed our view of God. This is a very important point, which kind of highlight or combine all the ideas of these three guys in this passage. The first two guys, they realize that everything we have, everything God entrusts with, is not for us. And it has a limit. One day we may give an account of what we have done. Also, they view God as a loving God and a kind, kind God and gracious God. So I believe they work day and night. They redeem their time. They use their time wisely. And they use the resource they had. And no, no when, I, when, Jesus, when this man told them, good and faithful servant, he didn't even tell the, the one who had five more than what he told what he had, the one who had two. So he can't give the same answer to them, because, which means each talent and, and a gift is the same, is equal another. You know, you don't have any smaller than others. Your job is just be faithful and use that gift wisely. But this, the third guy in this scripture, I think this guy was an American guy, And America is about me, myself, and I. So this guy exactly started like an American. He said, I knew. Though they, America, they, they do planning until they plan for God. Or they, plan, they tell God how to, to do things. So he told him, I knew, even though you didn't tell them, but I knew that you are just bad guy. He viewed God in different other kind of situation. Maybe he viewed him as angry God. God, it's very sad. Some people, they don't want to even want to go in a ministry, into ministry because they think like they may fail 
or they may do something wrong and maybe God be upset to, to them. They just decide to just stay where they are, just be there. My encouragement today, you rather do mistake by doing good work for God. And God will correct you in, 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 along the way instead of just sitting there doing nothing for the kingdom of God. So this is how this guy view God. Can we say praise God? Amen. <laughs> um, this is the, uh, the takeaway or the application on this passage that we need to use our time really wisely. In fact, Ephesians chapter 5, 16 says that we need to redeem our time or use our opportunities because we're in evil days. So anywhere you may be, in your workplace, in your church, your community, there is opportunities around you. Even now I'm talking, there is opportunities for you to really be involved in one area, one another, and really do use your gift and your talents. Number two is the talents. God has given us the gifts. We have all different kind of gifts, uh, Peter, uh, the first Peter chapter 4, uh, verse 10, we have a different gifts, spiritual gifts. But what are you using? How are you using that gift that God entrusted you with? The other thing is the treasure. We talk about the treasure in this passage. How are you using your resources, your monies? Uh, when I was thinking about this, our plans, I'm a U.S. citizen too, we do plans a lot and uh, budgeting. So mostly 99.9 and another 0.9, we just plan for ourselves, our own, our families. And if we think beyond, we go to our uncles, our nephews. So just there, us. But I encourage you to think through and see how you're using your resources if you are at least bringing one soul to God, if you are encouraging one person, if you can be a miracle to one person. And uh, by doing that, one day you may rejoice hearing God saying, well done, faithful servant. I want to hear this, this, this word one day. God to say, well done. So, Many people, they give excuses. This, the world today is full of excuses. I don't know when the excuses are going to, to end. <laughs> so you, God will bless you with the house. You will say, oh God, this is too small. I need a bigger one. When I get to the bigger one, I need another bigger one. So going and going and going off, just excuses. Or God, help me to graduate so I will save you. Oh, no, I have babies. At least when they graduate high school, I will. Oh, college now. Oh, retirement so the time is going. Do not, and again, some people, they feel like they just have a small gift. It cannot be used. It cannot do any good for the kingdom of God. No, God can use anything. He can use your small gift for a miracle, a tremendous a miracle. When I was digging here, I felt the call of... No, of um, you know what I'm talking about? 
Jonah, aha, thank you. I know. So, Jonah, God used all kinds of things. God one day in chapter one, he used a huge fish to change Jonah's direction. Big thing. The same way God can use big thing to show up, the same way he can use, it is the same way he can use the small thing to reveal to us or to reach somebody or to bring one soul to him. But in chapter 4, it's amazing, God just used the, the weather, the womb, to change Jonah's attitude. Because even though he saw the first miracle, he was still having some excuses, some attitude, some kind of, you know, American mindset. God used the weather to really correct him again and change his attitude. When a God called Moses, I think Moses was African-American or African-Indian, God called him clearly. He showed him everything, a miracle. He saw the burning bush, all kind. It was clear to him, but response to him, I don't know what to speak. My family, they know me as a quiet person. Do, we, do I? Am I quiet? I'm so quiet. So... I was. <laughs> so, Moses to God, I don't know what to speak. Okay, God answer some uh, questions or some excuses back. Then another excuse came back. Oh, I'm afraid to go back again to Pharaoh, to Egypt, because he had some conflict there before. So, excuses after another excuses. Then God show up amazingly in Egypt he show up with miracles and wonders, the ten plagues, and protect them in the land of Goshen. Praise God. They saw the hand of God. Then they arrived in the Red Sea. Do you think the Red Sea was harder than what they saw in Egypt? The answer is no. People start crying. I think Moses, even though he didn't show it, he started crying again, praying God. He said, God, why, 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 why? God asked him a very simple question. He said, Moses, what do you have in your hand? I have a staff. Okay, just don't even use it. Using and pointing it is, was different verbs. You know, simple thing, just show it. Just point it to the sea. So they found a way, a path to cross that sea, which means your small gift... <laughs> Don't ignore it. God can use it. Your job is just make commitment, use it, stand, start, and God will do the next. The challenging thing in your lives, we want to see the whole picture. God, if you are calling me to go here, show me what is going to happen next after next after next. You are not God. God is God. You are not. So your, your job is to be faithful w w with what God entrusted you with. God bless you so much. Let me pray for you. <clears throat> Father, I thank you so much for this wonderful day again. And you are so loving God, so kind, so gracious to us. Your joy it is only our strength. I pray for this morning, in, for the people who just listened this message, even myself, help us to use what you entrusted that with. Gifts, talents, time, 
give us the knowledge and the skills to, know, to redeem our time in these evil days. Bless each one of us today and continue with us. You who began the good work in each one of us, you will carry it until the day of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. Amen.